Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Jazz are down eight with 6.42 left in the third. Donovan on a high pick and roll with a white sleeve on his left arm. Underhand scoop to Ingles. Ingles drives, shoves off on Batum. That should have been an offensive foul. Kick back to Donovan. Catch and shoot three. Good. Royce resets Donovan at the top. Donovan's got 18 tonight. Drives on Martin. Cross court to Ingles. In the corner. Three ball. Good. Catch and shoot. Catch and shoot. And catch and shoot. Utah Jazz hit half of their three-point shots, and they rally in the second half to beat the Hornets 114-107. PK, they're 2-0 on this trip. The toughest game, the best opponent is coming up, but that was a gritty comeback there in the second half. It could have gone the other way. Oh, absolutely, Dave. Yeah, that was. uh, That was a fun game to watch and to see Joe blowing kisses. And it was <laughs> it was similar to the prior game in the sense that Donovan's taken over. I think he had a little more help. It wasn't as as much as Donovan as it was the prior game. But this game, he got some more help. Guys were playing well there. They got down. He never felt like they were totally in a panic situation because they weren't down that much. But they really turned it on. Rudy did his thing. And, and they should be beating teams like this. This is a good sign because they're not beating world beaters of the league by any stretch. But... Part of the way at accumulating a good record is to beat teams you're supposed to beat, no matter whether they're at home or whether they're on the road. It, obviously, it doesn't matter, and they got the job done. I'm, I'm interested to see what they can do tonight because they got a little mojo going. I realize Conley is still out, but let's see what they can do with against a team that arguably, and maybe Dallas is in there too, Toronto, but it's one of the surprise teams of the league in terms of how good they are. I didn't think Miami would be as good as they are, but yet here they are, and the record says what you are, obviously, and now we're approaching the 30-game mark. So this is a legitimate team. They got one of the top five records in the NBA, and they're just percentage points out of second place in the East. Miami is definitely one of the surprise teams in the league. Very impressive start for them. And for the Jazz, this would be their best win in the streak. They've won five in a row, six out of seven, but they've basically been beating teams with losing records. They're supposed to beat them. They've mostly done that, and now can they beat somebody good? Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they uh, stay with this altered routine with the bench here because Quinn Snyder, before he got kicked out, Quinn Snyder played all the starters 35 minutes or more and Joe Ingles played 39 minutes. Those those are enormous minutes for the starters, and you can't help. It's just like, all right, hey, it's a few less minutes of the bench. That's where the problem has been. And the bench was okay there at the end of the third start of the fourth quarter. They got through that stretch, and that helped them uh, helped them reel Charlotte in. I was curious if Charlotte was going to pull away then, and they weren't able to do it. So, But we'll see. Playing all your starters 35 to 39 minutes, that's a big load. Wouldn't expect them to keep doing that night after night. Oh, yeah, that's totally a big load. And Tony Bradley got some more minutes over Ed Davis. So we'll see if that continues. With these starters playing that many minutes, that's why it makes me think that something is going to be done, that it's not going to continue through the rest of the season. Yeah, Bradley came in and played three minutes in the second half. Ed Davis didn't get off the bench there in the second half. But three minutes isn't very long. He was in for three, and then he was out again. As far as that... uh, 
As far as Quinn getting kicked out, if what he was upset about was that collision, I thought that was the proper no call. And then maybe there was, he was clearly upset over the course of the game about other stuff. And then that was the thing that caused him to blow his top. And maybe there was something behind the ball I wasn't aware of. But it was still entertaining to see him go. Yeah, I think it wasn't literally the collision. I think there was some some stuff leading to that, or before that, I should say. I think that was his issue. And I was watching the post game, and one of the, uh, I don't think it was a local guy, one of our local media, it was somebody else who asked him, uh, you know, what, what was up with uh, you getting kicked out? I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And he smiled and he says, well, you know, obviously I didn't like some of the calls. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz and Heat tonight, 5.30 tip, 4.30 the pregame show right here on Zone Sports Network. Also, Salt Lake City Stars won the G League Winter Showcase. Uh, they were celebrating. The Stars get to split 100 grand. That was a pretty good celebration. They were pretty happy about that. I know they're talking about doing a, you know the million bucks for the in-season tournament they're considering for the NBA, but those guys make so much more money. I mean, by percentage, this is a much bigger deal for Stars players. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. We never expected, you know, to lose three in a row. You know, we didn't expect to lose two in a row, you know, but we got to, it's not going to be any easier. I mean, we got a tough one, you know, coming up in two days. So uh, we got to get back into the gym and work on our defense and make sure we're ready to go on Christmas Day. The Lakers lose their third in a row. That's Anthony Davis after the 128-104 loss to the Denver Nuggets. No LeBron James, a ribcage issue, a groin issue. So a little day off to get him a little healthier, get him a little rest. And without him, and his MVP candidacy gets pumped up, PK, because without him, they get crushed by Denver. Yeah, well, when you look at the Lakers without LeBron and Anthony Davis as your guy, doesn't it basically become the Pelicans again? Yeah, I thought that during the game. That without LeBron, they're going to be about a 500 team. But this is supposed to be just a one-game deal. Sources, love that. Sources say he'll be back for the Christmas Day showdown with the Clippers. Clippers also got beat. They could be. Well, I, I hope so. Yeah, right. It's a marquee game. You want the stars there. It, it would uh, be disappointing if you didn't get that. Everyone's been looking at that since the schedule came out. And, they could end up 1-2 in the West. We'll see how it shakes out. The Clippers kind of in a pack there with uh, not much separating 2 through 6. Mavericks had a 30-point lead, but Kyle Lowry went off, and the Raptors came all the way back to win that. The Mavericks uh, now just a game in front of the Jazz. Everybody in the West vulnerable. If your best player goes down, that whole next man up thing. Uh, somebody said, I don't know who it was, somebody said that about LeBron. Next man up doesn't really work when you're talking about LeBron. Next man up doesn't work when you're talking about Luka Doncic. You don't have another one of those guys lying around. No, you don't, but except this, you know, the Raptors, or the Raptors, the Mavericks were feasting on an easier schedule early in the year, and now the schedule in December was supposed to get much tougher, and it is much tougher, and you lose your best player. That's obviously a significant blow, but the Mavericks actually, they're staying in the thick of things without their best player. It's not like they've lost every game. They've been, go back and look, they've beaten some quality teams without Doncic, which gives you a sign. And they did have a 30-point lead against Toronto. How many times are you going to blow a 30-point lead? I don't know how many times people, teams, 
blow 30-point leads. How many times has that happened in the history of the game? I don't know if Elias has any numbers on that. So I realize they lost the game, and that's all that matters. But I have actually been impressed with them without Doncic. They have gone uh, three and four in their last seven games, but your point about the schedule getting more difficult in that stretch, they have uh, lost the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Heat, who are obviously good teams, but they have also beaten the Bucks and the Sixers. Now, those are quality teams right there. So uh, the yeah. schedule has gotten tougher, and they've been playing 500 just ball. I guess the surprise in that stretch uh, where they've gone three and four, the one game you wouldn't expect is they lost to Sacramento 110 106. But. Other than that, uh, pretty good work by them. Shorthanded, playing a tougher schedule. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. So college basketball, the Aggies get a good win over Florida in the Orange Bowl Classic. Sam Merrill goes for 21, and Utah State improves to 12-2. and two. So neutral court wins over South Florida. And Florida will end up seeing uh, how good those teams are in their conference play and how many uh, how much that helps the Aggies. But on the surface, that looks like a really good week for Utah State, PK. Oh, totally. They have a pretty good team, man. I'm expecting them to contend. Now, San Diego State's out there in the Mountain West, so you can't say, oh, they're going to roll in the Mountain West, not by any stretch. Obviously, the Aztecs took care of the Utes easily the other day, too. But the Aggies are set up, and it's looking like they should contend. And it looks like uh, the Mountain West has pretty much been known uh, most of the time as a multiple-team bid. So as far as the NCAAs, I think they've got that opportunity to take care of it, even if they don't win the regular season or the conference uh, tournament down there in Vegas. Yeah, the question is the league uh, in the uh, early days was mostly a three-bid league. It's been more two-bid right. lately. And San Diego State obviously looks really good. They're 12-0, and and I mean, that was a 28-point win over the years. They just crushed them. The Aggies are 12-2, and and the Lobos are 12-2. and Are the Lobos for real or a paper tiger? You know, they play a lot of home games early. They don't tend to play away much. And this year's no different. Uh, they played 9 of 14 at home. And guess what? They're 9-0 and at home. Three yeah. and two in all the other games. So we'll see if they're a legit third team. And other than that, it doesn't really look like anyone else would be a third team. So it could be a two-bid league again. It could be the Aggies and Aztecs, and we could be knowing that well, before Dave, Christmas. keep your eye on San Jose State. Why? <laughs> I don't know why. Just I'll keep your eye keep on Keep your them. eye on them. Yeah. Because they're three and ten, and the magic could happen. <laughs> uh, BYU. 30-point win over Weber State. Yoli Childs with a big game. Hawes with a big dunk that got the bench going nuts. And uh, BYU now 10-4. and four. And Christmas stockings for Mark Pope. A little something you can wear when you're going to write a bad article about him. Who's, who's writing or saying anything bad about him? Mark Pope, uh, you know, he's, a, he's bringing enthusiasm into the program. Whatever he's drinking, he needs to continue to drink more of it because he has been a little bit of a breath of fresh air and he's re-energized. Not that the program was uh, in a bad spot, but obviously with Dave Rose. Jeff Call has a big story about uh, Dave Rose and his wife Cheryl in the Deseret News. It's really good. You should check it out. And Pope here has bring has brought some new life to the program. And they're looking good right now for sure. And I think the one thing that's really jumped out at me is they just they continue to defend. They continue to li- to continue to limit teams. You know, there were so many games where BYU was trying to outscore a team, you know, 85-80 or something like that. And we're seeing them hold teams. Now, the U game did get away from them. That was one of those games, and they lost that one. But uh, 
64 points in that win over Utah State, 61 in the win over Weber State. Uh, they absolutely locked Nevada up. So defensively, they're doing something right. We'll see if they uh, sustain that as they get into conference play. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Jordan Love, straight drop back. Waits, waits, waits. Stepping back in the pocket, rolling out to the left. Looking for somebody to clear. Finally throws wide open, caught. Is he into the end zone? Yes, touchdown Utah State. Dixon in motion. Crumb fakes to him, will roll. Shovels it off. Caught by Dixon. Flashes touchdown. A high-scoring affair in Frisco, and the Aggies get beat. Kent State wins their first bowl game ever. Utah State's defense couldn't get stops. I thought the special teams were part of the problem. But the biggest problem, PK, they could not stop the quarterback run game. From scrambling out of the pocket to the whole zone read and the quarterback keeping the ball, that was that was a mess. Oh, yeah, defensively? Yeah. I was wondering why they were punting because it's like, okay, if you're going to punt from your 40, it's going to take the Golden Flashers about two plays to get right where you punted from. And sure enough, Crum running around like crazy. It was amazing. I, yeah, I watched them play a little bit early, early in the season. They played the Devils, I think, on, on yeah. a Thursday night too. So uh, this kid looked awesome. I don't think he was a quarterback at that point, and he looked awesome. And it was very disappointing for Utah State's defense. I know they're missing a couple guys with injuries, but still, uh, I was surprised it was that easy for Kent State to roll up that many points. Crum throwing for 289 and running for 147 yards, and there were a lot of missed miss tackles mixed in there. That was part of the problem. So the Aggies finished 7-6. and six. Jordan Love... Uh, did finish on a high note individually, threw for over 300 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. He's off to the NFL. And for the Aggies, 7-6 and six just doesn't feel that good anymore. That feels like a low watermark. Uh, you know, if they win a game or two down the stretch there, they could have been sitting on eight or nine wins, and it would have felt really different. But 7-6, yeah, and six, yeah, yeah. that ought to motivate you in the offseason because that's not good enough. Well, listening to Gary afterward, that's absolutely what he was saying. Yeah, this is not where they want to be. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. The Chris Peterson era comes to an end the same way it was for the entire six years. A complete success. And it ends the same way it was so many times throughout his tenure on Montlake as champions. Champions of the Las Vegas Bowl. Thank you, Chris Peterson. Washington wins the Vegas Bowl, and they do it pretty easily, 38-7. Now, who wants some staff changes, PK? Well, Jimmy Lake's the new coach, and he made changes right off the bat. That came out yesterday. Obviously, the game was two days ago, and he's basically overhauling the offensive staff, at least with two new guys, including clearly the coordinator. I don't know who Jimmy Lake has been uh, associated with over the years, but maybe he's got something to go in there. And, you know, Boise State didn't look good. But the, the, the one thing that jumps out at me was, you know, Boise's going to be, oh, they were a fraud. They're not that good, right? Well, earlier in the week, they lose their offensive coordinator to Arizona State. And as I'm watching this game, I'm thinking, couldn't that guy wait just a few more days? Couldn't he start the job today? I mean, why did they have to do this in college football? I, I just don't understand it. You know, these guys been with the guys the whole time, and then the Devils hire him, and he takes off. Well, 
Well, what is it? The Devils are playing for the Sun Bowl, right? I mean, they, and bowls are bowls. Fine, you want to win them. And, and their two best players are not going to play on offense because they're going to prepare for the draft. So it tells you the game really doesn't matter. But do we need the, the coordinator to leave? Couldn't he have waited five days? You see what I'm saying? It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And then the kids aren't there to have, or they're, they're there, but the coach isn't there. And why do we have to do this? It's just something that I'll never really understand. With the early signing date, it seems like that class was already signed. What was the rush? I mean, that was the big thing to do. He's not going to impact the other bowl game. He's not the guy. Right. He's right, because no he's not even going to coach right. the. the yeah. He's not going to coach in the Sun Bowl. You don't bring in somebody who hasn't been there all season, and then three days. Okay, he's the coordinator. It just, this doesn't really make any sense to me. But there's good news, Dave. What's that? Finally, and I knew it would happen. Finally, we can say the Utes beat a team that won eight games this season. Ha <laughs> ha! Washington improving to eight and five. Yes. Yep. You're right. There it is. Uh, a lot of BYU opponents playing in bowl games because uh, BYU played both Washington uh, and Boise State. And they also played San Diego State, who blew out Central Michigan. And they played Liberty, who beat Georgia Southern. So, bowl teams all over the place there on the Cougar schedule. And then Friday night. Uh, Saturday. Uh, excuse me, it was Saturday. It was Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Weber State. Uh, lost to James Madison, 30-14. to 14. Didn't really feel like they were in it. They got that score right before the half. And even then, they couldn't hold on to the momentum. When James Madison went down the field and scored, I, I felt like it was all over right there before halftime. Yeah, that was, so, that was, uh, that was not a big-time Hail Mary, uh, but it was along the lines of a Hail Mary. And once they scored that one, yeah, what, that put it up 24-7. Yep. Yeah, all right, this puppy's over. Yep, Weaver uh, did not have enough of an offense to get 24 points on that defense in the first half. That was that was a big-time accomplishment for James Madison. They're on to the final. It could have been an all-Big Sky final, but Montana State got beat, too. So, it'll be no teams from the Big Sky in the final. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Nobody has ever said it better than Mike Thomas did himself. You simply can't guard Mike. 144 receptions. Mike Thomas is your new single-season record holder. The Saints setting records, scoring points. You know, a lot of teams down 14-0 on the road would be a problem. And Tennessee is playing for uh, the last wild-card spot in the AFC. They were motivated. It's 14-0 after quarter. And the Saints just roll back and crush them 38-28. Yeah, they got Taysom Hill, though. I mean, it's not its not fair for the rest of the teams. Uh, we'll get to that. We've got BYU and Utah fans hitting each other upside the head over Taysom Hill. But he, <laughs> <laughs> the game was in the balance. It was a three-point game, and he ran for a first down, and they threw to him on the next play and got down inside the red zone. And He didn't score a touchdown, but he contributed. Contributed, as they like to say in England. And the Saints win, and the Saints got a little help. The Saints and the Niners... And possibly the Packers, if they take care of the Vikings tonight in the Monday night game, will all be even in the race for the number one seed in the NFC and home field advantage. But the Seahawks back up with a loss to your Arizona Cardinals, 27-13. That was disappointing. The Seattle offense losing their left tackle, two running backs, the game. And by the way, Russell Wilson's MVP candidacy, seven touchdown passes in the last six games. Hand that thing to Lamar now, because he's going to win it. Heck, Breeze will probably finish second in front of... Heck! Heck! (laughs) 
Oh, we were celebrating in our household. You man. should have been. I, I go back, and a lot of people don't know this, but I go back to uh, Jim Hart and Conrad Dobler. I mean, that's how long I've been a Cardinal fan. Conrad Dobler. Dirty lineman. Pulling arms, twisting legs, biting people down there. Larry Wilson, the former Ute. I used to have posters of him on the wall when I was growing up. Nice call there, Larry Wilson. Good work. (laughs) The Ravens did lock up the top spot in the AFC. And just when I thought the Patriots might be in trouble. Why did I think that? What a stupid thing of me to think. They pull it out against the Bills. Closing in on a first round bye. What What was dumber? For you, you made a big deal about the freaking weather in the Pac-12 title game. I kept telling you we're going to be a big way. You made a big deal about Utah beating Kentucky, and you told me the Patriots were going to lose. You're on quite a streak now. I've had some wins mixed in there, PK. You don't have to just single out the losses. Right. You did say the Jazz were going to beat Charlotte. You got me there. Thank you. And Orlando. And Atlanta. I would say uh, the Patriots were the dumbest of those three. Weather guys get to miss on the weather all the time, so I'm not taking that just because I missed on the weather one time. I'm definitely not taking that one. I mean, the Patriots had a long history of success against the Bills. They just don't bet against Belichick. What was I thinking? Don't bet against Belichick and Brady. I told you. I know. I know. I know. All right, Monday Night Football. You can hear it here on The Zone tonight. Uh, the Packers and the Vikings. That's going to be on 1280 The Zone. The Jazz and the Heat over on 97.5 The Zone. That's what is trending. It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right. It is time now to welcome in Andrew. Andrew, what are you up to? Oh, bright and early here. Bright and early, baby. (laughs) Andrew, the Wasatch Medical Clinic, a new breakthrough treatment for ED. Yes. Erectile dysfunction. Um... We have heard a lot about this lately. There's so many guys out there struggling. Um, if you are listening to this, you have erectile dysfunction or things are slipping in the wrong direction, it can be frustrating. In fact, it can wreak havoc on a relationship. Um, you, your partner, everybody. Uh, we have seen some great things. I think we're probably the first clinic in maybe the country that has addressed the problem head on. Um, younger guys coming in. Uh, you know, we're seeing guys in their 20s and 30s all the way up into their 90s. And uh, a lot of guys getting a solution to the problem. Um, you know, when the pills don't work, the side effects are so nasty. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call at the Wasatch Medical Clinic. And for people, we have people listening who work all kinds of shifts. What are yep. the hour, How many days of the week? What are the hours like as far as getting in? 801-901-8000 if you want to set So we're there six days a week. Um, and we do 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. The doctor's there every day. So if you're interested in coming in to see the doctor, it's really flexible. If you want to get started on treatments, I mean, we have guys doing treatments at 645 in the morning. So um, typically a guy will do a few treatments with the acoustic wave therapy over maybe a two to three week period. Um, It's not something you have to repeat. It's the first and only thing that treats erectile dysfunction uh, from kind of the root cause uh, perspective. 801-901-8000. That's the number for Andrew Reinhardt at the Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.